Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. In the fall season, we cast vision for this thing that we do every year. It's once a year. It's called our legacy offering. And uh, we're going to be talking about that in just a little bit. And some of you that, uh, that, that, that don't go to church are like, oh, I came into the place where they're asking for money. Yes, you did. All right. And, um, but I promise you that it's not like that. We're going we're gonna to cast vision of what God wants to do in our church. We do, we do stuff intentionally. You hear that word intentional, 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 because we don't, we don't want to do it out of our will. We don't want to do it out of our ambitions. We want to do what God is doing in this place. And uh, we truly believe that God is working in this place. And as we enter into the greatest season, I, I love the fall season because we cast vision of what God is doing in this place. We're going to enter into our legacy season. Legacy season is important in our life and in, in the life of our church because it's that extra, it's, it's, it's acceleration of the mission that God has given us in our church. Let's get the mission statement up there if you don't, if you don't mind. If we can get the mission. Our mission here at Axios Church is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. Let's leave that up just for a little bit. Um, that's what God has given us since the beginning of our church. To, uh, we, we, we were, we've been in ministry, my wife and I, for a, a couple years now. I think it's going on 12 years or something like that. We're just old, all right? And uh, we, we've been going on, and we were noticing a trend in people's life where, where they felt unnoticed, where they felt like they're not worthy. They felt like their purpose was just, uh, just a, a, a way because of the situations that they were dealing with in their life. And um, we, we, wanted to play, we wanted to start a church that was life-giving, that a place where you are noticed, that you are loved, and that you uh, that that you have purpose in your life as well. So that's what God has given us as as a church to point people to Jesus. Because if you're pointing it to me, I'm going to fail you. If you're pointing it to people, we're going to fail you. But if we're pointing everything to Jesus, then that worth and purpose doesn't come from from things that we can do, but it only comes from God. And two years ago. Um, God gave us a word of the year. If some of you that were here, it was miracle in motion, miracle in motion. And then this year, God gave us a word heaven now, heaven now. And as we are operating in those two things, there, there, it, it, it revolves around God's people being obedient to the vision that God given us. And what is vision? We have to understand before we talk about it, what is it? Vision is this, the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. Imagination or wisdom. Vision. What is vision? See, here's the thing. If we don't have vision in our life, not only for our church, but for your life, sometimes it feels like your life is just meaningless. But when you have a purpose that you're living for, when you have a, a direction that you're going going towards, man, things change because you're actually going after something and not just nothing. And here at our church, we want to make sure that a vision is plain. And today's message is called Build the Future. Build the Future. Everybody say Build the Future. Habakkuk 2, chapter 1, verse 3, has a, has, has a statement verse for this thing we call vision. 
A lot of churches use it for their mission statements and stuff like that. But today, I want to just talk about it because it's so, it's so intentional what the Bible talks about when it comes to vision and when it comes to actually writing it down and presenting a vision for a place or for your life as well. Let's go to back to chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. says, I will take my stand as a, as, at my watch post, the station myself on the tower, and I look out to see what he will say to me, and I will answer concerning my complaint. So he's saying that there's a place, there's an opportunity, there's a, a job that we all have to do. This person was at a watch post. He was watching for something to come on a tower, to, and he was waiting for him to get the right direction in his life. And then the second verse in chapter 2 says this, the Lord answered me as he was preparing to do his post, the Lord answered to him, said this, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits his appointed time. It hastes to, to the end, and it will not lie. If it seems slow, what it says, wait for it, and it will surely come, and it will not delay. Today, we have to ask the question, what is my role in the vision? What is, what, where, does, where do I fit? How can I help in this vision? Because as we talk to you, we're writing it plain. We want to make it plain out for you guys to know that you're part of something that is bigger than yourself. You're, you're a part of something that God is doing that, think about this. This is how intentional God is. He knew that you will be at this time, at this moment, in this place, sitting in that chair, doing that hairstyle. You look back in, back in days like, why did I get my hair cut like that? You know, you're going to look back now, okay? But he knew, he was so intentional for you to be in this place, and you ask, well, why? Well, maybe because he wants to show you something about vision today. In Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast out restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Some version says, without vision, the people shall what? Perish. It says, it shall perish. Without true vision, we're just wandering all over the place. We're just wandering all over the place. A clear example, when you have kids, it's not that they don't have vision in their life, but we're trying to teach them things in their life so they can be good citizens. Some of you, raise your kids right, all right? <laughs> you know, and the thing is, they don't know unless we instruct them. They don't know unless we instruct them. In the beginning of their life, they're probably wondering, like, well, I'm just here to eat um, Cheerios and, and, and cornflakes here, all right? But as, as parents... We direct them to say, hey, that's too much sugar. Maybe you need an apple. It's a different kind of sugar. It's just sugar, right? But our job is to give them vision in their life, to give them vision in their life. And without vision, the Bible clearly says we will perish, but bless those that keep the vision forward. Today, I want to discuss about a builder in the Bible. You probably haven't heard about him. Because I really didn't know about him much. But when God spoke to me, it, it changed everything perspective in this. He built, God, uh, he built the temple of God, the first temple in Jerusalem, for future generations to worship in this temple. And also this temple, the first version of this temple was, was smaller and then actually grew to Solomon 
and, and all these temples, it was ruined and then rebuilt again. But here was a man that you don't really talk about. In the Bible, we, we know David. If you come to church for three seconds, you know David, David Goliath. You know, you know Saul, you know Paul, you know, you know the, the, the Jesus, you know all these known places. But have you heard of a guy called Zerubbabel? I'm not speaking in tongues, all right? I'm going to tell you right now. His name is Zerubbabel. Out of all names, your mom can give you. If it starts with a Z, they're toxic, okay? Just run away, all right? Zerubbabel. But Zerubbabel was so important to building the temple of God. But you don't know who he is. It was a normal guy. Matter of fact, he was the governor of Jerusalem at the time, and he was born in Babylon. And when, when, when Israelites were exiled to Babylon, and now they're coming to Jerusalem, and now he's in charge. So he was born in a foreign place that he should never been in, under slavery, under all these things. And now he's coming out of that. They've been exiled into Jerusalem, and now Zerubbabel wanted to build the temple of God for them to do the rituals and sacrifices that they always were grew up in, because in Babylon, it didn't happen. You had to follow their things. You had to follow their. So now we have a man who was unknown now becoming the cornerstone of building the temple. He was so important to building the temple. In the book of Zechariah, the temple was in ruins. The Babylonians have ruined, had, had tore down the temple. It's, it's in ruins. It's in um, shambles. There was no place for the, Jerus uh, the, for the Israelite people to worship God. It was in ruins. And there was no physical building to not only house, house the people of God, but also the presence of God. And we need to know how God used this one person to help build the future for many. He can use one to build the future for many. Because Zerubbabel didn't know that his one thing of obedience was not only going to help him and his family, it was going to help generations to come. And we have to understand that God has put each and every one of us a blessing of generations on our life to not only be a blessing now in 2022, but be a blessing whenever we're gone. It's called leaving a legacy. Leaving a legacy. So let's talk about this guy, Zerubbabel, as, we, uh, as he used, uh, God used this intentional person and is the mandate for us as well. Let's go to Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6 and 10. And let's read this story of this man. It says this. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Have you heard that verse before? It was Zerubbabel. You thought of somebody else. Read your Bible. Not by my might, not by my power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. What are you, mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. Then he will bring out the, the capstone to shout of God bless it, God bless it. Then the Lord, of, and then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundations of this temple. His hands will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. 
Who declare who who dares despise the day of the small things? Since the seven eyes of the Lord that range throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen capstone in the hands of Zerubbabel. Some of these verses you heard throughout Christian life, you know, like don't despise the the, the small things and all these things. I mean, you, you heard all these things and, and you, you didn't know, like, it was part of this. It was part of this. And Zerubbabel was a civil leader in, the, in Jerusalem that he had the responsibility to finish rebuilding the temple of God. Let me give you a little bit of context. In Zechariah chapter chapter 3, verse 4, um, God spoke to Zerubbabel about the issue of purity in his life and in the life of the Israelite people. But purity alone was not enough to accomplish the work of God. The work of God only needed resources and resources that were not of human might and human power. See, the, the questions we have to ask ourselves, how do, what are the questions we have to ask ourselves as we're building the future here at Axios, not only in Axios, but in your life, as you build your future, as you set plans for your life, what are some questions we need to live on vision and live on purpose in our life to build the future? Number one is this. Zerubbabel had to know what source do you need? What source do you need? See, God gives Zerubbabel a distinct layout of the source needed to accomplish this task. What did he say in verse 6? The Lord said to me, he said to me, the word of the Lord came to Zerubbabel. It said, not by what? Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. He gave him a distinct thing that how this was going to be accomplished. It wasn't going to be by force. It wasn't going to be by power. It was going to be by his spirit. By his spirit. See, might, his might, Zerubbabel's might, it, it, it was his performance. What he can do. He can be a carpenter. He can be whatever. It, it was great to the, the plan of God. His power, his power was part of the picture as well. But when he added the spirit a part of it, it became complete. See, there's too many people in, our, in a lot of life and the way we live right now that we're doing life by our might only. What I can do, what I can accomplish, what I can obtain, or by your power. You know, try to try to go up, one up people, try to get that raise, and all those things are good. But if you don't have the spirit of God in the midst of your might and in your power, it's going to be pointless. Because at the end of the day, the spirit of God is going to be the thing that completes you. You can work all day. You can you can do all you can. You can you can know all the resources. You can know all the know this person and this person. And you can probably tell me a phone number of this rich person, you know, but I'm here to tell you the connections are not going to be what makes you complete. The only thing that's going to be uh, complete is your connection. to him. What it says in the word of God, seek first the kingdom of God and all things will be added. It's, it's, it's his, but the might and the power, the spirit aligned to the vision, and it was activated as well. See, might forces us as a collective strength to have the resources. So the, what God was talking about as might, it was a corporate thing. It was all of us together. But by power was a individual thing. So God is telling this, that this mission will be accomplished by a collective group, but also an individual decision. 
I'm preaching too good right here because you're not listening real fast. Because the reality is we, we like to say, hey, we're going to do great things and reach this, this city for Jesus and everything. And you try to and you don't want to be a part of it, really. You just say, hey, the church is going to do it. But the mission that God has given us is a corporate thing, but it also has to be an individual thing. How do I know this? Everybody wants revival. Everything's revival now. You get revival on a hat. You get revival on a shirt. Everybody goes to every concert, and they want revival. Revival. But do you understand revival not only comes corporately, but it starts individually? We cannot obtain spiritual revival if spiritual revival is not obtained in you. It's the same concept. We want God to move, and yes, it's going to take a corporate, but it has to be an individual decision to say, hey, I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the Zerubbabel to stand up and, and, and lay the foundation of what God wants to do in this. It takes not only a corporate, but an individual decision. But here's the great thing. When a corporate comes together and an individual comes together and then you throw the spirit of God in the middle of it, dang, it becomes a miracle. A couple, uh, a year ago, I'm not going to get there. We're going to get, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But it takes faith to have these miracles in our lives. So Rebbebel was the person to make it happen, but he had to remember where the source was coming from. Far too long, we have said, oh, we're going to make it happen by my resources. I make a lot of money so I can make sure it happens. But the reality is, it's by what source is you get the best outcome. Zerubbabel had to understand, man, I have the forces, I have the crowd, but I also need the spirit of God in the midst of the mission. What's the second question we have to ask, and Zerubbabel asks himself too, is this, because I know this, every time a mission, a vision goes forward, there's always opposition to the mission. Because when you try to do something right, how about, isn't that crazy? When you're trying to do something right in your life, then things happen wrong, because there's always opposition to the vision. And the mission. So the second question you need to ask is this. What is the problem? There's far too people walking around thinking like everything's like, you can be optimistic, but you can also be dumb. All the optimistic people are like, but, I'm, but I can still be good. You know, yeah, it, it's great. You know, I understand. But if you don't identify the problem, you can't overcome it. If you have an addiction, if you don't identify the addiction, the addiction is going to continue to be the addiction. You have to identify the problem. God always answers the problem, but he only reveals the answer through faith and trust in him. And trust in him. Here's a rebel. It is presented a problem that is represented by a mountain. In other words, the cards were not in favor of Zerubbabel building this temple. I mean, everything was against all the resources didn't, didn't fly, but the mission of building the temple of God seemed impossible task of this mountain that was presented to him. It said in the word of God, it said, who are you, great mountain, before Zerubbabel, you shall be plain. This is so great. In the Bible, if you read in, in, in these terms, it really is not talking about an actual mountain. You know what it's talking about? It's talking about the rubble that was around the site that they wanted to build the temple. So I, so Zerubbabel had to face 
what was in ruins. That was the mountain in front of him. He had to face what he wanted to build on. And until he faced the mountain, he couldn't build the foundation. See, this mountain, and I love how this, how this wording is. The working of the rebuilding the temple was massive. It was like a great mountain. But here God promises that it will become level plain. Man, I love this. And I'm here to speak some prophetic things in your life. Let's talk. Let's get away from Axios real fast. I'm going to talk to you real fast. Because there's some mountains that is in your life right now. There's some mountains that are rising up in your life. I don't know what it is. I don't know why you came in this place. But there is a mountain that is faced in you. And you're trying to move forward. And you're trying to do right. And you're trying to live this Christian life. But there's a mountain in front of you. And if you see the word of God, what he tells Zerubbabel, he said, listen, Zerubbabel, by, by, I'm going to make what seems impossible, a mountain in front of you, I'm going to make it flat for you to accomplish the mission. I'm here to tell somebody today that the mountain that the enemy's probably going to put in your life, I speak, he, he, he spoke Zerubbabel by name. This is not happens a lot. He, he says this. He says, you, oh, great mountain, the mountain, the issue. He says, before Zerubbabel, it shall become flat. What if God said, hey, that addiction, that mountain, before Eric, it becomes flat. He spoke him by name. He gave him the authority. He, I'm here to tell you today, that mountain that's in your life, that mountain that is holding you back, God is, I'm prophetic, uh, I'm doing a prophetic word for your life today. I'm here to tell you that it will become flat. Whatever is holding you back, you're going to be moving forward in the name of Jesus because whatever the enemy meant for your destruction, today God is going to turn it for his good. Whatever mountain raises up is going to be flat in your name. He doesn't speak it for anybody else. He speaks it to you. Zerubbabel, mighty man, because you're operating in obedience, that mountain, I'm speaking it to become flat. Now, let me speak something about this church. Whatever opposition the enemy has in these couple years that are trying to hold us back to be in the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, I speak for that mountain to be flat in the name of Jesus. And there is a promise for Axios Church. There's a promise for your life because whatever was raised up will become flat in your name. Because God says, Zerubbabel, today that mountain is, becomes plain. It becomes flat. There's a promise attached to your name. There's a promise attached to your name. There's a promise attached to this church's name. And today we're going to say to those mountains, be thou removed. And whatever comes in our way, let it become flat. I mean, that's a promise for all of us today. That's a promise for all of us today. But what did Zerubbabel had to do? He had to walk in obedience. He had to say, I'm going to be the one to build his temple. And by the act of faith, man, God said, hey. I got to move. That mountain has to become flat. Whatever comes in your way, there's a clear avenue to, to complete the mission. Number three, what is the third thing that he has to ask is this. Who needs to do it? Who needs to do it? 
Do you hate those people that cast blame for everything else in their life? Like, I'm in this situation because my mom and my dad and this, we understand, but you got to take responsibility too. The question is, whose responsibility is to build his church? Most of the time, we put it on the pastor, and then when the pastor fails you, you're like, I'm leaving the church. Well, duh, because you put it in somebody that's, that's, that's human. Let me ask the question again. Whose responsibility is to build his church? Ours. All together. We are here to build this church. We're not here to build a church to be famous. That's, that's done with. I'm, I'm done with that stuff. I'm not looking for fame. I'm looking for life change. I'm looking for people that came with addictions to be transformed. I'm looking for, for people to be healed. I'm ready for the signs and wonders of Jesus Christ again. I'm ready to, to set a revival in Lakeland. I'm not here to play games anymore. We've been playing games for far too long, church. Today is the time, but it takes a responsibility to move forward in it. And here's the thing. He said, I will give it to you. He said this. He said, he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace. This is God's assurance to Zerubbabel that not only will the work be finished, but the work will be finished by Zerubbabel. He shall finish it, setting the capstone, declaring the work of grace. I don't want to do anything as your pastor. This is a new vision. I don't want to do anything anymore if it's not graced by God. If it's not graced, we ain't doing it. Because every time I put my human form and try to do it my way, it fails. But when it's graced by God, miracles happen. Miracles happen. He said this is a river bell. The capstone is going to be placed in your hands. What is the capstone? The capstone is the top of the building that says that the work is, is one of the most important parts of the building as well, along with the a cornerstone, which is the foundation, okay? So God is saying this. I'm not only giving you the ability to set the foundations of Rebel, I'm also going to give you the ability to set the capstone to show that your work of foundation is going to be complete as well. He's going to only give you the start, but he's also going to give you the finish. And by People seeing, everything was symbolic back then. When people saw Zerubbabel bringing up the capstone to set it, it meant, in those terms, the work is The work is finished. The capstone meant the project was complete. The cornerstone was the foundation, which was Jesus. And Jesus gives us the grace to finish the work and set the capstone for his kingdom his hands shall be finished the lord says if the resource that i give him it will be finished so what does that remind me it says this being on philippians chapter 6 verse uh, one verse 6 says being confident of the very thing that he who began a good work will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Listen, whatever God has started in your life is going to come to completion. The capstone is going to be set in your life. Do not quit. The weight stinks. But God is one day is going to give you the ability to set the capstone to the thing that he's working in your life. But what the, 
what he had to do. He had to put the work in it. Before the cat, you can't just start a project, put the foundation, and put a capstone on the foundation. That's a weird building. What do you have to do? Brick by brick, stone by stone, day by day, faithfulness by faithfulness. Reading your word, reading your word, failing, getting back up. He had to do the daily work to be have the ability to finish it. And it was all graced by God himself. So even in your about God, even in your difficult situation, it's still graced. Even when you feel that the that depression is going to take you out, I'm here to tell you who began a good work be faithful to complete it is still graced. Anything out of his grace is chaos. But when it's graced, you can live in the middle of that situation, even sometimes with the with your back bet broken, all right? You can be like, oh God, I can't take anymore. But when grace is there, you can stand up and say only by his will that we can get it accomplished. See, God said that this situation is going to be accomplished by Zerubbabel. And last thing, as I finish, because I got to get to the packet. I got to get to the packet, okay? The last thing that you need to know as you're building the vision is this. What, what's your, what are your thoughts saying? What are your thoughts saying? Because this is important. Because when you're walking in grace, the enemy's not just going to sit down and be like, oh, he's grace. I'm not going to touch that guy. He's going to come after you. And usually... He attacks you in what? Your thoughts. And this is why God had to identify this. He said, who dares despise the small beginnings since the seven eyes of the Lord range through the earth and rejoice through the chosen capstone in the hands of Zerubbabel? Sometimes when you see something small, you can't identify it to be big. And to look at the promise from the start to the end, it's a lot of mind work. It's a lot of battling the mind. So God had to identify, hey, I understand it looks small. But what seems small in your eyes, in my hands, can reach the masses. This is a, a word that God gave me for this church today. We might seem small, but from this small, we are going to reach the masses. By us being who we are, God is going to give us opportunities, doors, avenues to reach the masses. Do not despise the small beginnings because when God's hand and his grace is upon it, we can reach things that we could even imagine ourselves. We can go into avenues and reach people that we could even, uh, we could even do it within our abilities, not our might, not our power. But when his spirit is there, what seems small becomes big because he is a part of the plan. He's a part of the plan. See, some of you who have businesses and stuff like that, you understand this concept. When you first start a business, it's hard. It's like, it's the, it's the grind. But if you don't finish the grind, you won't have the success. See, but when you, if you look at the small things, and you're like, oh, we're just small, one day, 
oh, this. You know, you know what I'm talking about. What if you say, hey, no, we're a mighty mountain. God is going to use us now. Just because we're small doesn't mean we can't reach people. We can't be sitting on our, on our bum-bums and expect things to happen. No, we got to walk in it. We got to walk in this calling. We got to reach this community. We got to look at the homeless population and say, hey, we might be small, but we can reach two. We can reach three. We can't expect us to, to, to one day when we get big, then we'll do something. Hey, it's too late then. If, you're not supposed to, if you can't do it now while you're small, you're never going to do it while you're big. Because we have to have a mindset of reaching people where they're at right now. We might be small, but God is going to use Axios Church and is going to use your life as an individual at this church to reach the masses. People that we don't even know and probably would never know because we're part of this mission. So what is a legacy? If, if you want, you can get your packets down. I'm going to kind of cast some vision of what Axios is going to be doing. What is a legacy? The definition of legacy is this. Something that is passed on. Something that is passed on. A legacy is leaving something that is not gonna probably you live in. It's passing it on. You leave a retirement for your family, you leave this, it, it's, it's a pass on. We are building, as you are, as you are reading uh, or kind of skimming through, can you, let's just stay focused here, okay? Because I wanna cast some things to you. We are building a place that will outlast us for generations to know the good news of Jesus Christ. What is legacy offering? Legacy offering is an annual sacrificial offering that goes over and above our tithe and our offering. This offering goes directly towards accelerating the vision of Axios Church to build a place that will outlast us where generations will be impacted by God's grace, love, and his word. We are here at another legacy season, but before I can tell you what's, where we're going, I need to tell you where we've been. And this is the place where you put your books down and let me just tell you something about that. Let me tell you a little story about Ag to Go's church. 2020, especially those that haven't been part of our church for a while. 2020, God gave me and my wife a vision. In around March, about the, about the first week of March, we put a, a launch video out there saying, hey, we're gonna be launching our church. Second week of March, we all know what happened. COVID-19 happened, okay? And we had two options. We move forward with the vision or we quit because at that point, nobody would judge us if we did. But God told us in that season, if you do your best, I will take care of the rest. I will take care of the rest. And we continue to move forward. We went online. We, as everybody was going online in that season, and we just started putting videos out there. We just, we, we had no backing, no anything. We just went with it. We trusted God. We had faith. We finally had our first interest meeting. Interest meeting is this, that people just come in and just get to know who the church is and see if they want to be a part of it. Then we had our first interest meeting at, at, in October, June, June. I think we had two of them after that and we launched in October. But in the midst of that, one month before we launched our church in October, which next month we have our two year anniversary, we're gonna be celebrating, all right? <laughs> one month before we launched our church, the place we were supposed to be in, we were supposed to be downtown Lakeland, and uh, the place we were supposed to be in, uh, we signed a three-year lease with a, a property there, 
and then we were supposed to have a church location as well. So kids ministry location and then um, and then uh, an actual location for services. A month before we launched, the guy that came to us for our sanctuary location tripled our rent out of nowhere. And I just signed two days before that a lease for a three-year lease for a property across the street. I was freaking out. But I remember what God said, if you do your best, I will take care of the rest. So I went to the guy, I said, hey, I know I just signed this lease and we're in the middle of a pandemic and people need money, but I need to get out of this lease because we can't have church here, it's too small. And he said, okay, and crushed and ripped up the lease just like that. That was a miracle number one. But then we were one month out of our launch and the location we were supposed to be in had a soundboard, had everything, it was a concert location. So we didn't have a lot of overhead we were just kind of just relying on that stuff. One month away, we have no location and nothing to do church with. Literally nothing to do church. We had nothing for kids ministry. We had nothing. A couple days later, my friend calls me in, from Georgia. And he said, listen, Eric, our, our church, just um, they just got a, a, a brand new location. They had their second location that they opened in Georgia. And COVID basically took them down. And we bought everything brand new and everything like that. My pastor just told me, if you get a plane ticket and rent a U-Haul, we'll give you everything for free. Give you everything for free. I said, what? I mean, all kids church, we're, we're still living on that stuff. <laughs> kids church stuff. Everything we needed. And then that, a couple days later, we got a check that somebody randomly gave us, got us all our sound equipment. And within a week of us the, the worst part of our life became the best because God said, if you do your best, I will take care of the rest. We got on a flight real quick, got a U-Haul real quick, and we stuffed the U-Haul of this church, gave us everything we needed to start our church. And a couple weeks later, we launched Actio's church at the RP Funding Center. We're at the RP Funding Center for about a year. And in that year, we were not comfortable at all. Load in and load out. Well, if you don't know what load in, load out, people would get here. Our church started at 1030. We would get here at 5 a.m., put everything up. When church was done an hour and a half later, tear everything down. And we did that every Sunday, every Sunday. It almost took us out because it was just, it was hard. And in the middle of that, people are getting COVID like crazy. So you have volunteers and they couldn't be there because they had COVID. But God said this in that, in that, in that season that you are going to be a miracle in motion. You, there was no stop. There's be a miracle in motion. And I told our church, I said, my goal is by the end, by our next legacy season, we will have our own building. We will have our own building. I was scared out of my mind to tell you that, all right, because I didn't know if it was going to happen. To the day of legacy, the week of legacy, we looked at so many buildings. We looked at everything because I'm uh, legacy's coming and God... I got a bunch of church people who are going to be mad at me if we don't have a building. God waited till the last minute. It was a Thursday. Legacy was on Sunday. On Thursday, we saw this location. And instantly, it was a dump. I mean, it was horrible. It was, it was bad. And we didn't have the money to remodel it. But something when I came into this building said, hey, God wants to reach this community. So by Sunday... The guy said, hey, you got Monday, I want you to uh, sign a lease. I said, okay. So on Sunday, I came up to this altar, or not this one, an RP Funding Center, and I said, hey, 
we found a building. Woo! We celebrating. Yeah! We said, yeah, we're going to sign the lease. I'm like, I didn't know if we had the money or not. I said, God, we're just going to trust you. We didn't have the resources to do it at all, but we signed the lease. We had, the, we had enough to sign a lease and start remodeling stuff. But do you know when we cast that vision, checks start, just started coming in out of nowhere. People started giving. And we got in this location, remodeled like this, a month and a half later. A month and a half later. We didn't even take one bill out. We didn't take a loan out. God provided every step of the way. And we're here at our Ariana campus. So now that you know kind of where we're going, now where are we going? We're in the middle of the, the brink of another miracle, um, heaven now moment, a miracle in motion. We get to build the legacy that God has for us now. So let me cast some vision. So the vision is threefold, uh, threefold here at, uh, at Axios for our legacy. The first thing is our past. The only thing, here's the great thing about our church. We don't have any debt besides one credit card. And the reason why we have debt is because the last two months of the RP Funding Center, we were paying about $4,500 a month for the RP Funding Center. That's a lot. $4,500 a month. The last two months, we needed every, to get into this location, we needed every, every cash that we had to make sure it happened, you know, to make sure it happened. So the last two months of the RP Funding Center, we put it on a credit card, and we said, God... This is what was going to happen because we wanted to keep all the cash on hand. That's the only debt our church has. Come on, give it up. We haven't taken one loan out. We haven't taken one out. That. But moving forward for a loan, for people to look at us to take serious to, for a new building, we want to be debt free. We, we owe about $8,000 on our, on our credit card, and we want to pay that off. We want to continue to be debt free. We don't want to take anything until the times we have to take a loan out to get our new building because God's going to bless us with that. Amen? Amen? So we are. So the first half of legacy is to be debt-free, and that's around $8,000, and that's going to cover that, and we'll be debt-free moving forward. Um, the second thing that I'm super excited, so we're going past. We want to we take care of our past. Now we want to take care of our present because sometimes you can be so future-minded that you just don't focus on what's happening here. And one thing that we're wanting to do is we want to raise about $10,000. And what does this $10,000 do? It gives us a full online campus. And what does that mean? That means a live service on our, our platforms that we're going to do. Right now, we just record it and put it on YouTube if it works or not. Sometimes it doesn't work. If you, if you go and see sometimes it's not there, that means, hey, our audio messed up and we ain't going to have a service that day, okay? But we want to make sure that we are facilitating for what God wants to do. Here's the good thing I want you to understand this. Some of our top givers and some of the people that, that, that are huge supporters of our church don't even come to our church. They live in other states. Isn't that crazy? We want them to be the opportunity to be a part of our church. They're, they're, we, we want, we're running about 60 plus average at our church. On our online campus, we're running about views around 20, 25. That's like a good portion of people watching online. And then when you decide to go to vacation all the time, all right, you want an opportunity to see your church as well. We want to have those opportunities. So we want to do a full online campus. That means we need cameras. We need the, the, the software. We need the switchers. We need all those things. And what that does for us, it gives us an other, another avenue to reach more people for Jesus. 
to reach more. That's for the marketing. That's for anything. So we're going to be taking a whole online campus. We're going to have cameras, and all of our services are going to go full live. So when you say, hey, you want to invite one of your family members that are in another state and say, hey, come to church with me, you, they can come to church with you on our full online campus that we facilitate. Isn't that amazing? We want to make sure that happens, okay? So also the last thing. So we want to take care of our past. We want to take care of our future. And this is the big kind of lump sum of what we're looking for. I'm already working with a bank that is going to help us get to the future that we have for us. We, we believe that we're going to outgrow this place. We believe that um, God is going to really work in, 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 in this place, and we're going to need another bigger building pretty soon. Our, our small groups are kind of over. Our kids' ministry is kind of already somewhat, sometimes at capacity. Easter's and Christmases, this place is... It's, it's just, we want a bigger lot, you know, God's going to provide a bigger location for us. We, and we know that we know this is kind of a stepping stone to what God has for us. But talking to a bank, they, they gave us a three-year plan to make this happen. They make, gave us a three-year plan to make this happen. And the first step that we're doing is tackling this thing right now. They want to see, because we're a brand new church, you know, you got to work on your credit, you know, to get a, to get a house, what you got to do, work on your credit, you got to have money in the bank. For us being so new, obviously they're not going to give us a loan right now, but they gave us a three-year plan. We signed a, almost a three-year lease for this location, and by the end of three years, we would love to have another location that we can transition into, but this starts right now. We can't expect year three to have everything ready to go. We have to set it up right now. You know, God, God said he set up. So the first thing that we have to do is we have to have a three-month reserve in our bank account. What is that is? Uh, all our expenses and everything, they want to see – uh, savings of our expenses in the bank account so they can start giving us the ability to, to reach the next location, the next thing. Obviously, the next thing that comes after that is a down payment. You go to a house, you got to get a down payment. So they're working with us. Um, we find an existing building, like a building already done that we have to, you know, actually just remodel. We have to give 25% down of the existing, uh, existing payment. If we find a lot and we want to build a church, we want to do, it has to be 50%. So that's, that's year two and year three. The first step of getting us qualified for us to work with this bank and moving forward is to set up this three-month um, reserve in our bank. I know this is an awkward thing to, for some of you and everything, but I want you to know where we are as a church. Like, we're not stagnant. We're moving forward, and we're taking steps. We, just because we're small doesn't mean we can't take steps for the future. So this is what, so we're going to try to raise, um, we are going to raise, in, in God, in Jesus' name, we're going to raise $45,000, dollars um, $48,000 to accomplish all this. What does this do? It sets us up for the future. I'm calling all the Zerubbabels around here. I'm calling all of you guys out to be like, hey, we can do this together. We can do so. I pray. So Legacy Sunday is going to be October 16th. That's when we are collecting the offering for that day for Legacy. You can start giving right now. There's a tab on the online campus that is Legacy. I want you to pray. I want you to pray and dig deep. I know we're in whatever, but I, I know that when we are faithful and we're sacrificial, this is our one-time sacrificial offering that we give every year to accelerate this vision. It'll be great to our bank to see us debt-free, ready to go, and then we have the reserve ready to go. But on, in the middle of that, we are building an online campus and, and giving you resources to give other people to know what Axios is about. We have a plan. We're going to move forward in this place. I'm going to declare right now 
that this will be accomplished by his people. Because if we do it together, man, we can do great things for the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. So that's gonna, that, that is our vision moving forward for legacy. I want you to pray for your family what, what that looks like. Listen, it's not the amount. It's about the heart. It's about the heart. And if you call Axios Church your church, let's accelerate this vision moving forward. I want you to dig deep, pray, well, couples, pray together. What, is that, what does that offering look like to, to push forward the mission? Because we're not doing it for ourselves. We're doing it for generations to come in this place. Amen? Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together. Thank you.